Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. The road to Roland Garros is paved in Spanish clay this week as we are a month away from reaching the Terre Batu of Paris. It was a Queens of Clay showdown in Madrid as the 2019 and 2020 Roland Garros champions met for a spot in the quarterfinals. And what should we expect from Daniil Medvedev on the clay this spring? And what does he expect from himself? Of course, when I come to the tournament, uh, the main goal is to win it. So what's trending and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. Incoming TC Live starts right now. Another wonderful day of tennis in the books from La Caja Magica. Can't get it out right. Either way, I'm trying my best, and that's what's important here on TC Live. We've got a great show ahead after another great day of tennis in Madrid. Queen of Clay showdown. Daniil Medvedev setting some goals for the clay court season himself and revisiting an unforgettable match. Federer versus Nadal. There are what dozens and dozens maybe even hundreds at this point to choose from between those two but we welcome you to our Santa Monica studios no eagle Hall of Famer Jim Courier another Hall of Famer and Andy Roddick joining us as well and Andy I know that you've got some fantastic memories over in Madrid am I right yeah because I think that stadium looks exactly like the inside of a Chipotle I had Chipotle <laughs> for lunch I was ready for the tennis go time Black or pinto beans? <laughs> I'm definitely Black going beans. with the cauliflower house. These, okay. These, yeah, changing it up. But we didn't change up the suits. Nice gray on gray. Yeah. Feeling good. Andy's wearing his suit, customary suit, the T-shirt and hat. <laughs> so let's get down to business, shall we? Yeah, we might as well because okay. we've got a lot to go through, which includes a fantastic matchup on the women's side on the red clay. The last two Roland Garros champions... Ash Barty and Iga Swiatek. Barty winning her first and only Grand Slam in 2019 at Roland Garros. Iga Swiatek following up right after the pandemic at Roland Garros last year. So, first head-to-head -head in their careers in what could be a long-standing rivalry, Jim. And this one, the world number one, played like Yes, she did. Swiatek had the early break. She was pounding the ground strokes. That's the way she got that Roland Garros title in 2020. The double faults. They did become a, a, a factor here. There's no doubt. She had three in one game, not able to really find the floor with it. And then the slice backhand of Barty started to really impact things. Here's set point. It's, uh, again, Barty just using all of her variation throughout this match to really wrestle control of the big hitting pole. Because, listen, if they're just going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe for power, Schwantek's going to out-hit her, but here's the slice. It just disrupts things, puts, puts you in an awkward position. The forehand pass there on break point would set up this. She gets the double match point, draws the error, and 
this was a delightful matchup. I mean, we're going to see a lot more of these two who will both be the defending champion when they play at Roland Garros because Barty didn't come to defend that time. Yeah, that's always fun. I always yeah. love when you've got the double defending champs. And as you mentioned, as Ash Barty after the match mentioned, that is going to be a rivalry for a long time. Two young players that are trying to enter the prime of their career and playing some outstanding tennis. Andy, 14th straight win on clay for Ash Barty. A tour-leading 23rd victory so far this season. A lot of people trying to say maybe Naomi Osaka should be number one in the world, but Ash Barty just keeps winning. Yeah, a lot of people like me, I was like a parrot with that, with that narrative during, uh, during Miami. And Ash Barty's uh, doing her best to make me look as dumb as possible. Uh, <laughs> not tough, but she's in complete control of her game, um, especially taking off uh, all of last year. I thought it would take some time to kind of get into it. I remember she was down early. I think it was a second-round match in Miami. Things could have gone very differently. She's focused. She knows she's not going home for a long, long time. Uh, she's in the zone right now. Even when Sviatek uh, was winning points, she was having to come up with big backhand down the line winners. Ash Barty was putting quality points together, even when she wasn't winning them. And there's some mental scar tissue that comes along with that, knowing I have to play this well and execute this well just to win points, much less games, much less sets. Uh, a match, so on and so forth. So uh, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing with Ash Barty. She seems to be in control of all parts of her game right now. Yeah, Andy, she saved that match point in Miami in, in her opening match. And from there, she's really just found that winning formula. And she has so many options on how to problem solve out there. And that differentiates her from so many of her peers. Now, I'm not saying that if, if she and Naomi Osaka were, Osaka were to play on a hard court, that I, I wouldn't think that Naomi would beat her handily. The way that Naomi played in Australia, it's hard to bet against that. But if you have a dip at all in your game, Ash Barty is there to get you, and she doesn't seem to beat herself. No, it's really impressive. Certainly the favorite on any clay court surface as we go forward towards Roland Garros less than a month away, and she will look to defend her 2019 title. Speaking of champions, three-time champ in Madrid, that's Petra Kvitova. This is the winner who will face Ash Barty in the next round, and Andy Kvitova really looks strong as she found her way through. It. She looked great, and not an easy draw against Kudermatova, who won oh one in Charleston. I like that serve and volley early in the early in the highlight there. I like to see her mixing it up, and this was an intense match. I mean, there was a lot of kind of I, I don't know if there's any history between these two, but there's a lot right there on cue. There's a lot of yelling uh, in this match, but Kavitova looked really solid. She looked really happy to be out there, really happy to be competing, and she does that more than anyone on tour, where you're just flat-footed because she hits such a pure ball. It's a winner right off the racket. And uh, she really had to grind through this one. This is the kind of match that will serve her well uh, to get into the clay court season. You see the intensity that she's playing with there. Um, you know, she, she's, she has her uh, work cut out for her next round against Ash Barty. But uh, I, I like to see the intensity from Kvitova. Not her favorite surface, but still out there competing and, and putting Ws up on the board. Yeah, that's my same reaction when I hear Chipotle's out of chicken. Looks like both Kvitova and Barty got their double protein today as half of our quarterfinals are set. Kvitova into her sixth career quarterfinal at Madrid in a fantastic matchup with the world number one Bedosa and bench. It's also set up. We'll see Jesse Pagula tomorrow taking on Arena Sabalenka as we move over to the men's side. Maybe the hottest player on tour, Aslan Karatsev taking on Ugo Umber. Andy Karatsev, I don't know what he does to train his calves, but it's working for him. Yeah, and also just, like, hitting one-handed backhand winners for, for whatever reason. Like, I'll show you what else I can do in 2021 here. But I've never seen uh, just a, a meteoric rise from someone, not just one good tournament in Australia, but following it up. And there was a great shot of those calves right there. They're absolutely glorious. But uh, when he has time, he kind of holds off that forehand and hit it either way, kind of has that late commitment. It's tough to really guess. Right here, holds it, and then pulls it inside in. That seems to be his favorite shot, but... 
it, it's really, it's got to be tough to defend because he holds that to the last possible second, but is still able to create ridiculous amounts of power. Uh, you know, I couldn't be more impressed in Australia thinking, okay, is this just a great result? Uh, you know, will we see more of this guy? We're seeing a lot more of this guy. He's winning matches every single week. Super impressive. And a tough matchup coming up with Diego Schwartzman for Karatsev. Moving on, Fabio Fonini is still within the top 30 in the world, 33 years old, and taking on Carlos Taberner earlier today, Jim. It's been an uneven season for Fonini. In the last tournament he played in Barcelona, he was defaulted in the opening match. Uh, for abusing the chair umpire here. In this match, he had to be seen by the trainer. Uh, toughed out the first set. To Bernard didn't go away, though. He played some, some solid tennis himself to send it into a third set. But Fonini found his form when he needed to and finds his way into the second round and, and maybe just stabilizes a little bit, get that bad taste of Barcelona out of his mouth with this one. So Fonini... Yeah eventually gets through in that third set. As we saw, he had to be seen in the second. But even at 33 years old, the perseverance is certainly still there from the Italian. And the talent, too, no? Without a doubt. So Fonini is through, and that sets up a nice all-Italian matchup that we will see here on Tennis Channel on Tuesday. Fonini against Berrettini. Andy, that's a lot of vowels, but it's also a lot of game. Yeah, I mean, and these, these matchups are always fascinating. When there's kind of like a generational battle kind of inter-country. I, I, I just missed uh, Jim at the end of his career, but I always got up to play Pete and Andre. You know, I wanted to play the guys from the same country, so it'll be interesting. You know, Fognini's going, wait a minute, I'm still the alpha. I've been here longer, and Berrettini's going, uh, no, sir, that's not the way it is. So uh, those, those matchups are always exciting. Can we get like a Rocky Balboa, the sixth movie of Jim versus Andy Roddick somehow in the CGI world? No one wants to see that. No, okay. Not even you. Oh, no, I do want to see no. it. Maybe, not, maybe it's coming see, up. Apparently, we just need to get you guys in the room with Karatsev's calves and we'll be all good. I just want to know his routine. That's it. Okay. If you have any answers, get it to me by the end of the show. Speaking of, coming up on TC Live, still a lot to go through. We'll hear from Danny and Prakash in Madrid. And Daniil Medvedev is looking to find a rhythm on the clay court. We'll talk about his goals and what we can expect from the world number three when we return. We need more step-ups, man. Yeah, clearly. Step-ups. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome back to TC Live. Daniil Medvedev, who missed Monte Carlo with COVID, getting set here in Madrid. We'll play the winner of Air Bear and Davidovich Fokina and has really struggled on this surface. No matter the tournament, it seems like he can't just get out of his own way at this point as we look at his record at Madrid, at Rome, at Roland Garros. He is 0 for 8. That was quick math in the head. I felt good about it as well. And speaking of Daniil, here's what he had to say about setting goals for himself in the upcoming clay court season. The goal, actually, for all three tournaments, uh, uh, Rome, Roland Garros, and Madrid, is uh, to at least win one match, you know, in each of them, you know, step by step. Of course, when I come to the tournament, uh, the main goal is to win it. But uh, it's uh, tougher on clay than uh, on hard court. Um, so we'll uh, just, yeah, try my best, hope uh, 
to show some good tennis because uh, that's the most important. When I show good tennis, I can win some great matches. So somewhat of an under-deliver, over-actually make it the other way, under-promise, over-deliver type of mentality from Daniil Medvedev. And Andy, probably the right idea for somebody who hasn't really seen any of his own success compared to what he's done on the hard court, which has been staggering. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Jim can't speak to this because he was a genius on clay, but I, I would get over there and I, I felt like I could win matches, but it, it, it was such an equalizer, right? If someone got kind of got their teeth into a match, I couldn't get myself out of uh, positions. With, I, my backhand would go too flat. I couldn't create space with it. So uh, I, I certainly understand that the movement wasn't the same. I was a decent mover on hard, a terrible mover on clay. So I certainly get it. It's just not a natural feeling for someone who isn't comfortable on the surface. And for me, I always was kind of, I'd show up to Roland Garros and I'd be seated number two or number three. And I was a little embarrassed about it, you know. So there's that, that, that also that kind of uh, that, that liar's game, right, where I had to try to convince myself that I actually belonged there. Maybe when I didn't. But you get a match in. Madrid has some altitude. Maybe you can find some confidence there. Ball travels a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I, I like his. I, I like what he's saying. He's he's not trying to, you know, sell you a bridge or anything. He's telling mm-hmm. you, listen, I want to win a match, and then we'll we'll renegotiate from there. Yeah, I always felt that way going to the grass, Andy. I felt like no matter what I was expected to do in the tournament, I always expected to do less, always, and almost always did too. <laughs> Had that going for me. Fair enough. So we look at Daniil Medvedev, and now if he can have any sort of success on clay. The ranking points are right there. He has a path to number one. Do you think that he can get there, especially if he does find even a little sort of rhythm? Look, it's all upside for him. If he just adds a few points here, if he gets to, let's say he he needs to get about 2,300 points. Well, there's 1,000 available this week and next week, and then 2,000 at Roland Garros. And then you have the grass court season where he would be considered one of the favorites, and he has room to add to his points there. It's not inconceivable that he can get there. I mean, by Wimbledon, if he had a hot run here, made a semifinal somewhere, a quarterfinal somewhere, and then won Wimbledon, I think he'd have a, I mean, it'd be pretty hard for him not to be number one. So we'll see. It's a long way to go, but as long as he kind of keeps his expectations low on the clay, you know, find some upside and then let it rip from there. So that's got to be the key, right, Andy? Even with that number one ranking, even somewhat in striking distance, it's, it's micro goals at this point on this surface. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about it. I I don't think that makes it real in his mind yet. Um, You know, I'm sure a guy named Rafa has something to say about it. Uh, Novak doesn't get the credit for being one of the all-time greats uh, on on the grass court surface. So he's certainly got his work ahead of him. But it it is nice to kind of think in the back of your head, man, the the, the math could work. I just need to figure things out a little bit. But I, I don't see him making much of a run uh, here at uh, here at the clay court season, that that 0 for 8 in the, the major clay court uh, uh, events is not a great stat. Um, but, you know, get yourself ready. Make sure you're in shape. Get ready for that grass court season. There's no reason with his serve and the way his back end penetrates the court uh, why he can't make a, a serious run at Wimbledon. And we all know what he is on hard courts. Well, let's look at what his path would be here in Madrid. Specifically, Jim, as mentioned, he takes the winner of Davidovich Fokin on Air Bear and then potentially Garin, who we just saw look pretty strong on the surface. Yeah, look, I mean, he could have had worse draws for sure, but it's not going to be easy at all because, you know, either Fokina or Air Bear is going to have a win under their belt. They'll have some momentum. And Garin looked pretty good today. And he may not get through Kepfer, but he's a pretty rough customer on this surface. It's his favorite surface. Berrettini, Fonini, Del Bonas, Fritz. There's some, there are some challenges here. But, and for him, how's his health? Mm. I mean, Monte Carlo, he, he had to pull out on the eve of the tournament because he tested positive for COVID. That's three weeks ago. Hopefully he's feeling 
full of gas, but, you know, that, that might be a little bit difficult for him if he's not full of energy. We'll see. Yeah, a lot of this is truly unknown with COVID-19, and athletes from yep. across different sports are reacting in different ways. So we'll see if Daniil Medvedev can live up to his own expectations, which are not super lofty for this tournament. We will see him in just a few days. John Isner, Riley Opelka, both in action. Can the big serve get it done in altitude? Come back and find out on Tennis Channel Marco Skirone, the American, looking for just his second play court win. This isn't the first set tiebreaker. The scoreboard, <laughs> the score clock is an hour and 27 minutes. It was an hour and a half before the first set ended. That was amazing. And then Garone, who got medical treatment at the end of that first set, found a gear late in the second set. Wins that point with a screaming forehand, would send it to a third, and it would have break point. Here at 5-all, the forehand from Pablo Andahar, the 35-year-old Spanish veteran, failed him. And Giron, in trouble on his serve at 15-30, found his way out with some finesse. The, the UCLA Bruin, the NCAA champion, is back after two hip surgeries. He has found his way into the top 100. And with this win, move, will move from number 91 up to 83 in the world and earns himself a chance to play Dominic Team tomorrow. Yeah. Here's your reward after three and a half hours of battle with Andahar. Oh, that's exactly what you want to hear. Yeah, you got Dominic Team in the next round <laughs> tomorrow, a little over 24 hours away. But Andy, battle of the qualifiers, Giron gets through. And, and as mentioned, just his second clay court win of his career. That's got to be a good confidence boost for the 27-year-old. Yeah, I think so. And he's going to need it going into tomorrow. We'll see what it, we'll see what his legs are like. But, you know, winning those tough matches, getting into the – especially against someone like Andahar who's – completely at home on the clay grinding through that will do wonders maybe not tomorrow against team you know who knows but you know he hadn't been playing much either so you never know but moving forward throughout the year knowing you can grind out those tough matches especially when losing the first set right that, that's a mental battle more so than winning the first set and kind of staying around impressive win today for, for Garon. well Andy let's move on to somebody whose game you're very familiar with that is John Isner Looking for his 12th Madrid win of his career, taking on Miramir Ketsmanovic, and the serve was glorious as ever. Yeah, and the thing is, is if you give John, if you give Isner time from the baseline, he gets a whole lot better. You know, the, the, the common misconception with, you know, uh, every Joe at, at Starbucks when they're analyzing Isner is that with that serve, he must be great on fast services. Not necessarily the case. He likes time to set up. And that serve can go through any surface. So I thought John actually looked great in Miami. Seems like the form has carried over early on here. You know, he's the guy, the more matches he gets, the better he plays. He's kind of like a diesel engine, a little slow to get going. But uh, when he gets going, he's not going to break down on you. So, and shots like this, where it's so much harder against someone like Isner, where you don't know you're not going to break, and he shanks one on the service line, and all of a sudden you miss, and you're like, what just happened? This match is over. I I hit like four balls today. But uh, good good tennis from from, uh, John Isner. With this altitude, not a not a bad service for him. He could he could do some damage here. Today, 28 aces. Okay, so I did not know that. That sets a, a massive number over a set. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly going to be one of the pillars for you here in Madrid for with sure. the altitude. For sure. Uh, I don't think I can find a, a better place uh, as far as serving conditions uh, serving conditions go. Excuse me, yeah. on tour than here in Madrid, especially on. That court that I played, that Arancha Sanchez Vicario court and court number three, they're kind of semi-covered. It's got a nice little sound to it. Yep. Uh, as you as you mentioned, the altitude helps my serve a lot, and the ball just gets up really high. I hit a couple second serves that literally bounced over the backstop. So Isner with those 28 aces will move over to another big-serving American Andy Riley Opelka taking on the former two-lane standout Dominic Kepfer, and Opelka struggled in this one. 
Yeah, I mean, you like to wear that backhand weight in that first highlight there, but just like this, look at the movement here, the split step, he kind of slips out a little bit, not real comfortable on the surface. Coming in, you know, you, you kind of have to commit a little bit more. This is something you do not want to see with Riley Opelka. That big body has had some injury problems. Not sure. Hopefully it's not too bad. But, you know, it just, just kind of really struggling with the movement, not looking super convincing in anything he's doing. Missing balls like this, it just does nothing for confidence. And there were some sloppy years, including here on, uh, on match point as well. Uh, not a great performance by Riley Opelka. Hopefully he's able to to regroup for the for the next events. I always love the height differential at net because that would be me. <laughs> I'd be the little guy who's standing over there. Let's go to the social net real quick. This is from almost two decades ago now. Battle of the Surfaces. This almost looks like, Jim, my printer ran out of ink. You have green on one side, red clay on the other. I love it. Yep, this was uh, Federer Nadal in Spain. Obviously a very well-attended event. Uh, the half clay, half grass, nice novelty. Hearing rumors via uh, British press that there may be another exhibition with Federer and Nadal in Spain coming up. And it could be in Madrid as well, but not at the Caja Magica. Mm. The Real Madrid football stadium, which has 81,000 people, they're ta- they've just redone it. And they're talking about reopening it with an exhibition between those two, which would break the current record for the most attended match in tennis, which is, bada boom, Federer and Nadal. That was, in, uh, that was back in Cape Town just before the pandemic hit. So... Uh, hoping we get to see that when it's sweet to see these guys doing it again. Andy, you don't have to break any news, but I do enjoy the double surface action here with the green and the red. Yeah, that looks like a that looks like a stressful situation. You got to change your shoes each time. You switch sides so you don't break anything. But uh, to kind of tag along with Jim's point, you want to see events like this rumored event in Spain. You know, even the hard, the most hardcore Rafa Nadal fans want to appreciate Roger. They want to give him that round of applause. They want to see these guys again. You know, they followed both of their careers. They're so interconnected. You can't celebrate one without celebrating the other. So that would be really great to see. Another great day of tennis ahead on Tuesday, and we look forward to more potential exhibitions between two of the greatest of all time. Tennis Challenge coverage starts at 5 a.m. Eastern. RSN coverage, regional sports coverage, 8 a.m. Eastern. TC Live once again at 5 p.m. And encore coverage to follow. More TC Live is coming up next. to pick up his momentum on the clay season. Hasn't had a great one so far. Tony Nadal in his corner. I know he's expecting big things, but Casper is on a tear. So a tough one to choose. Might have to lean towards Casper Ruud. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot again because Jessie Pagula sat right here on the DraftKings desk. You talked to her about her upcoming match against Serena Sabalenka to advance to the quarterfinals. Who's going to win that one? Well, she had a rough one against Sabalenka the last time they played, but I think Pagula's in a really good headspace. I sort of love the vibes that she's rocking with right now, so I think she's going to feel nice and relaxed and go out and play a heck of a match. I think we're going to have all types of fun vibes over here tomorrow, Noah. All right, Denny. Well, apparently Casper Ruud is the new kid on the block, and he's got the right stuff as he continues in Madrid. No Eagle Jim Courier and Andy Roddick has mentioned it. Let's go to our hot shot of the day. This one was a pretty good one early in the match between Lloyd Harris and Grigor Dimitrov, a breakpoint opportunity for the fantastic hair of Lloyd Harris. You know, it's a hot shot. It has to be Dimitrov who hits it. What? <laughs> Where did this come from, from Lloyd Harris? Just a bolt, just an extra stride to it, and he finds the line. That was brilliant from the South African. And he'd go on to win a tight one, seven, six, and a third in this one. But this is this is worth putting on repeat. This is spectacular. Andy, it's got to be the sleeves, right? It allows him to whip the arm. Lloyd! Uh, <laughs> Samsonite, I was, I, I was way off. 
that was, I mean, listen, it, it was a great shot. Maybe not full of strings, but at a break point, makes the shot even better. Uh, and he, he got the win, which is the most important thing. He'll sleep well tonight. So you're saying there's a chance. And there most certainly was for the man with the headband and the flowing hair. That'll about do it for us here on TC Live. Another great day in the books. We've got coverage throughout the week from Madrid. And we appreciate all of you coming along for the ride. For Jim, for Andy, for our entire Tennis Channel crew. No Eagles saying so long. We'll talk to you next time. Box.